This week on the Town Tailgate Podcast, it's trade deadline talk, and I don't know, Julio, I feel like we were kind of right. Yeah, like uh, A for effort. When A's we are good. To, I'll yeah. take an A. Uh, when we talked in the last episode about the trade deadline, we said the A's need a starter and a second baseman, and they got him. Just not the guys we thought. This week, we're going to talk about the trade deadline with the Oakland A's as well as the rest of Major League Baseball. And on top of that, Chris, we had a jam-packed week of action. Two whole games, baby. Yeah. Two whole games. Uh, didn't pan out exactly the way we would hope, but, you know, at least it was some A's baseball. But with the lack of baseball, we got to watch other things, so I guess we talk up a little bit about that. Some basketball, some movies, so on and so forth. And then we preview the coming week, and uh, that's pretty much it. So uh, let's, uh, let's, let's start uh, unpacking the gear. We're in the parking lot. Let's set up the grill. Let's set up, grab some beers, and let's get ready to go. What do you say, Julio? Let's do it. This is the part where Chris actually had a pretty good opening setup. Uh, but just like this past week in Oakland Bay's baseball, uh, things don't go the way they're supposed to. <laughs> Bro, trades on trades on trades on trades on trades. Every prospect that the Padres has ever had still wasn't traded, and they traded all their prospects. Welcome to the Town Tailgate Podcast. I am Chris Magical. You just heard Julio Renoso. <laughs> I had a good opening, Julio. I sort of got. I just... I don't know. I blinked for a second. Yeah, yeah, we'll blink, and then you'll miss the A's only playing two games the past week. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, blink, and you'll see them only make two moves. One of them was for a pitcher that we didn't need. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, two games, um, a few moves, some COVID scares. Um, that's been our week. So, welcome to the A's baseball life um post trade deadline podcast so let's jump right into it um news around the league you guessed it it's gonna be the trades, trade trades, trades 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 so i don't know Julio. i think let's just start off some winners and losers hell yeah all right yeah so do you have a winner you i think we, you've already mentioned it but the the freaking the slam diego padres man they, I I love that that uh, that they named it that too. That's so great. Yeah, they're 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 not only I think they're going all in for this year, but with the flexibility of a lot of these contracts, they are they did pick up. They're gonna be in contention for at least the next two to three years. Obviously, the big move was Mike Clevenger getting him from the Cleveland Indians in exchange for Austin Hedges, one of their catchers, as well as some prospects. Uh, they also picked up another catcher, Aaron Nola. I was just about Aust- to say, yeah, I was going to say, Nola. yeah, they Damn lost, it. they lost their, uh, they lost their catcher, but little do they know, they picked up another catcher, Mr. Austin Nola, probably the best young catcher in the league in the past two years. Yeah, it's been, he's really started clicking to get to Seattle, but guess what? He's on Seattle anymore. He is moved to San Diego, but guess what, Chris? They lost a catcher, so let know what? Let's get two catchers, so. <laughs> they got Jason Castro, veteran from Anaheim, 
they also picked up Mitch Moreland from Boston for prospects. Mitch Moreland, it's expected probably to be like the full-time DH as well as playing some first base for Eric Hosmer and kind of arguably one of the comeback players of the year, Trevor Rosenthal, who's had a pretty solid year with Kansas city. He goes to San Diego for some prospects. So at the end of the day, you make your team a lot better. And really the only major prospect they gave up was Taylor Trammell. He was one of the highest rated prospects in all his baseball, as well as the Padres system. Uh, but at the end of the day, they didn't really lose a lot. Yeah. Um, was it wasn't it Tramel who who named them uh, Slam Diego Padres? I I I don't. I think it was. Well, I think it was. Well, the crazy thing was he was actually they got him last summer as a part of the what I can't remember the specifics of the trade, but it was when Puig was sent to. Uh, the Indians from the Reds and then the Reds mm-hmm. had sent Trammell to San Diego and that San Diego, it was this whole, I, it was this whole hodgepodge of yeah. moves, but uh, yeah, the freaking Padres, man, they're going for it. So the, the interesting thing about the trades and moves that they made was obviously they gave up a shit ton of prospects. Like I think it was nine or something like that total, which Trammell was obviously one of them. Um, and, but they, the two like main players of their moves that they made, they're locked up long-term. So it's like almost like an eye for an eye, except this eye is ready now as opposed to three years from now. So like they're fucking ready to go. So Mike Clevenger signed till 2023 or wait, I'm sorry. I think, uh, or he's got arbitration coming up, but he's more or less team control. Yeah. Team control. You know, I mean, that's kind of what I mean. He's, he signed through team control till 2024. I think he's up for arbitration this year. Um, Austin Nola, very similar. I think he was the same draft class as Murphy and those guys, maybe. Um, 2026 is a free agent. He's up for arbitration, not till 2023. <sighs> Insane. But Trevor Rosenthal, free agent this com- coming offseason. That's unfortunate, but who knows. Jason Castro. Um, a uh, free agent that's coming off season, but let's be realistic. Austin Noel is going to be the main everyday catcher. Mm-hmm. Jason Castro was brought in there to be either a DH against right-handers or give uh, Austin Nola a break every couple days against against right-handers starting pitching. Throw him in there. That's just kind of like a novelty piece that they're adding to the and puzzle. They still have uh, Francisco Mejia, who he was kind of one of their yeah. guys that were excited about a couple of years ago. Since he's been in the league, he hasn't really lived up to those expectations. But that's a awesome catch and do it out there. That's a good point. They also, another thing, they got more stuff. They picked up Austin Adams as well as Dan Aldevia, a couple more relievers from the uh, Mariners. So, yeah, they're ready to make a run at it. They're, they're – all like almost at that same level of competitiveness as the Dodgers. And if I were the Dodgers or any other team, in the NL and you go into division series with, or a three game series and the one, two, three is going to be Paddock, Lamette and Clevenger. Dude, that's with that bullpen. That's scary, man. It is. And uh, of course the last piece that they added, Mitch Moreland, um, he is a free agent after this season, but he's also 34 years old, so I don't know if you want him on your roster for that long in the first place. Yeah. But 
you know, a nice little piece to round out the batting order for, as a DH. Um, yeah, man. I mean, what do, what do you think the mindset was going into the deadline? Do you think that it was kind of like, we're good now, let's fucking go for it and go for the division? Or I just feel like the Dodgers are just such an immovable force at the top that it's like, I just don't think the division's even worth it. Or uh, I guess in a playoff series, it's a little bit different. I, it's just, I don't know. I don't understand their thinking necessarily to do it this season, especially after they're playing so well. Yeah, and, but, uh, and, yeah. and, and if you look across the league, too, um, a lot of teams are pretty conservative for most of the part when it came to making some moves. Um, but this is a thing that... Like, but this is probably the best way to handle the trade deadline is if yeah. you have the prospects and we know the Padres are willing to spend. And when the time when Clevenger does come up for that arbitration, they're going to pay him for it. If he's still going to be performing at the level he had with uh, Cleveland and the Dodgers, they're going to be competitive throughout the whole time as well. Yeah. But it's, it'll be interesting. I think it's, it's, this is arguably the best competition. The Dodgers have had throughout this last well, the Giants, I would say throughout the last 10 years, but the Giants also had some I mean, crazy luck. <laughs> yeah, I, it's hard to judge that kind of era with them because I feel like the Dodgers weren't as dominant back then. Yeah. Um. So it, the division was always kind of up for grabs from 2010 and 2015. Whereas, like, had the, if the Dodgers team was playing now back in that time, like, it wouldn't even be a question. They were good, but they were still winning They're the division. Stack now, yeah. I mean, regardless of how well Bellinger's year has been this so far this year, they still have two of the top five players in the league yeah. on their team. So, like, that's saying a lot. Um, yeah. I mean, they're a killer team. They're gonna be good for. I mean, uh, Nola and and Clevenger alone, like that, just improves so much. Um, to go along with Tatis. To go along, Will Myers, who's having a great comeback year. Um, uh, what's his face? Uh, Hosmer's playing pretty well. Machado's kind of like starting to pick it up a little bit. Like, Dude, Machado's a, uh, like he's going to be an MVP talks as well. It's going to be yeah. nice. They have we talk about how, oh with Cody and Betts, they're two of the top five and if in baseball, but like, dude, at this the way that they're both performing, Tatis and Machado are up there too. Yeah, it's it's um uh, you know the future's bright and they gave up their future. I, I we might see the effects in eight years from now, but that's eight years from now. So it's like, you know, if you got it now, um, you might as well go for it. Um, all right. So another winner I got for you, the Toronto Blue Jays, Ross Stripling, from the Dodgers, Taiwan Walker from Seattle. So bolstering up the starting pitching. Robbie Ray from Arizona. So you got three solid potential ace starters. And Jonathan VR. I don't know. Jonathan VR, he's good. He's kind of like past his prime, but he's a solid little piece to add to the outfield. Uh, he's, no, he's a second, but he's got wheels. Oh, second base. Sorry. Oh, boy's yeah, got yeah. wheels. Yeah, he's a little past his prime, but, he, you know, he's good. Um, the pitching, though, is, is interesting. So, okay, let's say the A's are not the one seed as we stand right now. Um, they would be... The two seed, I believe. Uh, let's look at this. Yes, they would be the two seed. Um, had they be the one seed, they would have to play the Blue Jays. So who would you rather play as an A's fan? Toronto Blue Jays now 
or the Minnesota Twins or the Toronto Blue Jays after the trade deadline or the Minnesota Twins who, if the playoffs ended today, that's who the A's would play. That They would be the seventh seed, the, the Minnesota Twins. It'd be interesting. Uh, I, I think I'd still go Toronto. I'd rather play them because, yeah. I, I, I'm, because of like the inexperience of the lineup as a whole. These are all second-year guys, uh, at least their core guys with Bichette, Guerrero, and Biggio. And the rotation outside of Ryu, none of those guys have playoff experience as well. And that's some stuff that's really going to matter. Yeah. But if we play the Twins, um, just like us, they're also notorious for choking. So two negatives make a positive <laughs> for somebody. But also, like, I don't want to have to deal with anything with that Twins lineup, especially with Donaldson coming back. Yeah. And with yeah. Kent Maeda has been pitching great this year. Barrios has had his up and downs. Um but I, I would still rather face the Blue Jays. How about you? I would too. Those three pitchers that they got, like they're impressive, but none of them really like blow me away. Where it's like Chapman, Olson, and those guys can't handle them. I'm pretty sure they could, um, and they could find a way. Um, if it was like you know Padres and the Clevenger at the top, it'd be like, oh fuck! Like in the first round, that's one game that's going to be tough in a three game series. Um, but yeah, I, I it doesn't worry me too much. And the- um. The thing the is, twin, the, the twin, yeah, the twins just offensive their power, yeah. that they have in the offense. Dingers. That that worries me. Like, we could score five runs in three innings, but I, you know, they could also come back and score five runs as well. So I'd be a little concerned. And the thing is, too, that's smart on the Blue Jays' end is all three of those guys are not having great. They're not having good years, really. Uh, Robbie Ray's sporting a. 7 yeah. ERA, uh, Ross Stripling's been pretty big of a letdown. And uh, if these guys can somehow turn it around, then you're getting some pretty quality starters for practically nothing because of how low the market is on them. Yeah. Um, all right, any more winners? Uh, not necessarily a winner for right now, but we got to talk about Seattle. Uh Taylor Trammell rack, racking up the prospects. Yeah, man. Like they're Taylor Trammell. All this talk about him is he's going to be kind of like the future. And yeah. And another move we didn't really, we didn't mention with uh, Toronto is get them getting Daniel Vogelbach from Seattle, but seeing how well Kyle Lewis has been this year, Kyle Lewis is probably going to be like the AL MVP or AL rookie of the year uh, at the end of it. But yeah, they've got some, like fast, like great outfield prospects out there in Seattle, and it's it's the smart thing to do because they know like the A's will probably they're going to be A's are going to be competitive going forward playoff positions for the next couple of years as long as Chapman and Olsen are in there, uh, as long as Billy doesn't trade the farm in the offseason. Yeah, right. Um, Astros, they're going to be competitive as long as they can keep those core guys there for the next couple of years. But they're lining up so when the Astros are done with their time and the A's are done with this core at the time, those guys are going to be up and ready. So kudos to them. They're actually playing smart. And honestly, if I had to pick like a number two like AL team, if that exists, it's Seattle. Always have to have some love for Oh, Seattle. really? Yeah. They're just so sad. I just don't care for them. Well, I think growing up too with with – Ken Griffey Jr. followed by Ichiro, like two of the most popular players in our childhoods, man. Like you got, you got to have a little bit of a soft spot for them. I don't, but I get why you do. <laughs> um, Taylor Trammell is number fifty-nine on MLB's top prospects. Um, Twenty-two years old. 
Um, he was drafted 2016, number 35 overall. Let's see. He's a pretty yeah. He's a fast runner. He's got some power. Um, and he's a great uh, he's a great defender. Apparently, he's got 55 on fielding, 55 on hitting. So impressive. Um, okay. I think I mean I don't have any more winners. Do you have any more winners? That's pretty much it for me. All of us. Because trade deadline is tied. It actually happened. Yeah, we were, we made it this far. But now it's t- this is our favorite part. The winners are always oh, yeah. great to talk about, but now it's time to shit on some teams. The losers. <laughs> okay, so I have. Yeah, I, you're, have you're I definitely have a loser for you right now. Let's go. And it's going to be very satisfying. The Astros, because they didn't do shit. Woo! <laughs> and they need to so bad. But here's the thing we talked about in the last podcast they don't have anything to trade, they have nothing. So I guarantee they were pitching out like maybe they were pitching out guys like like uh like Altuve with his massive contract and he's hitting one something and uh and Springer and like got people were and, like GMs around the league were just like no what why are you kidding me he's clearly he clearly can't hit unless the, the unless cheating's involved I don't know it's just it it was funny to watch and they have no young pitching for the future uh they're too um retire or not retired, sorry, uh, uh, senior citizens at the top of their rotation. I don't know how well <laughs> it's going to last them in the coming years. It's just great to see the collapse of them right now. Yeah, and it, the thing is, uh, we talked about this before we recorded. Uh, they they have some rookie guys who actually look good so far into the season. Yeah, uh, I was about to call him Stan Javier, but I'm like, no, we're, that's not Stan Javier. That's a f- that's a former A's player, from former Oakland great uh, Christian Javier, who's had a pretty solid season. You would have thought that because of this role these guys have been having to play because of the injuries of the Verlander, that one of these guys on the chopping block. Let's try to go get a Lance Lynn or try to go get I don't know if Trevor Bauer was ever actually on the market, but they didn't do anything. And yeah. their beat, their uh, Bregman's still hurt. Verlander's still hurt. There's really no progress of Verlander. So to me, this seems like kind of a white flag, especially with majority of the other competitive teams in the American League made moves. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, another team that did a whole lot of fucking nothing. Um, the New York Yankees. Um, that was very interesting considering where their starting pitching is at. Um, they don't really need bullpen help. Um, but we, you kind of talked about in the beginning of uh, – before not the beginning, um, in the pre-show meeting. They have a lot of guys coming back. So it's kind of but, – but, but here's the thing, Julio. You said they have a lot of guys coming back. You named all these guys, you know, Stanton, uh, Judge, all these guys. But none of the guys you named are pitchers. Yeah, that's and true. And what they need right now is starting pitching, and they don't have it. Like, I would be, like, very happy if that was, like, the second-round opponent that we're playing. You know? Like, like I would not be worried at all, especially playing in Yankee Stadium. Like, our guys could hit so well there. Yeah, especially with you – know, I know we were – you're a little bummed about it because you drafted him. Uh, but, like, Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole starting to kind of get hit up a little bit. Uh, yeah. James Paxton is done for the year. Their rotation, what they thought was going to be where some people were skeptic about it, but I think most experts, Yankee fans are like, they're going to be okay. They, they haven't, 
they haven't lived up to it. Even if your number two guy is Masahiro Tanaka, who, you know, he's still solid. I'd be a little, as a Yankee fan, and I think somebody who's a big Yankee person, you would be a little nervous. Yeah, one, 100%. And then I think their other guy is Jay Happ, who's like, what, 50 years old at this point? That guy is like, I, I'm surprised he's still pitching in the league. Um, yeah, now I'm I mean, just curious. I, I, I got to look up his age. Oh, shit, you're 30, not he's wrong. 37. He's 38. He's 37. He's going to be 30. Oh, my God, he's been playing for that long. Yeah, bro, he's fucking old, dude. Oh, shit, I forgot he was on the Phillies World Series. Yeah, uh, he's only one and one this season. He's got a four ERA. Um, it's not, it's not great. Jordan um, Montgomery, it's not, terrible. <laughs> it's not great for him. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I mean, and there was there was a decent amount of starting pitching on the market that they could have gone for. I'm just surprised they didn't try, especially with this really talented player and Clint Fraser just kind of like sitting on their bench, getting a few at bats a game. Like they had something out there. Um, and they have all these long-term contracts, so it's like they shouldn't be worried about the future because they locked up their future for so long. So I, I don't know. It's just I don't get what Cashman was thinking. There's this, a lot of um, – one, uh, one of these days I'd like to get a Yankee fan. Uh, shout out to the Schlatter brothers. They do a Yankees podcast with some friends. They call the Four Train Savages. Check it out. But uh, if I, I want to hear a Yankees fan's legit – future thoughts about this team because it's like Aaron judge is your franchise. The guy has not stayed healthy since 2017. Mm-hmm. You fucking paid a mountain of money for John Carter stand. Guess what? He can't stay healthy. Your rotation is average. And if, if this, if this is what Garrett Cole is actually going to be, and he's actually just going to be like a, instead of being like an ace and a Cy Young favorite every year, he's just going to be like a top 15, top 20 pitcher. That's honestly, for how much money he got paid, that's not enough. So, th- Especially when you see how good the Rays are right now. There's, there should yeah. be a ton of concern if you're Yankees. And they're, they're young and good. That's the difference about that as well. Yeah, and it, I mean, like, you look at their other, like, role players. Like, Gary Sanchez is the most overhyped player in, like, the history of baseball. <laughs> he's like the worst defensive catcher I've ever seen. Would you say and he's he, like the Kyle Kuzma of baseball? <laughs> absolutely. 1,000% he's the Kyle Kuzma of Like baseball. if he was on 1, any 000%. other team, nobody would care. Yeah. And bad as I'm, yeah, yeah, damn, yeah. I'm proud yeah. of myself but, for that But one. because he plays for the Yankees, yeah, that was a good one. But because he plays for the Yankees, people are all over him. Look, he hit 30 home runs twice, but he hits like 230. And he, and like... He's just a terrible defensive catcher. So, like, I, I just I don't understand it. And then they have Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks is fine. I, I mean, he hit 27 home runs back in 2018, hasn't done much since then, and he's another guy who just has a history of injuries. That's yeah. probably why he hasn't done much. But it's just like there's a reason why they keep re-signing Brett Gardner to these like, yeah. one-year deals and bring him back because they don't have any other choice. They have no one else to fill their, their, their roster up. Luke Voigt looks fine. He showed, but the, this is like this season is a classic Luke Voigt situation. He shows these flashes, and then it, you look at his stats at the end of the season, and they're underwhelming. Like he's just like I, he's just this big yoked dude, and like people think he's like the best, this first insane player. In baseball. Get but here. he's but he's not. He's not that good, or he hasn't shown it at least. 
Um, I would be worried if I was a Yankee fan. You're right. I would love to ask them. Maybe we can get them on and do like a merger episode because I would love to find out what their feelings are about the future. Yeah, it's it's. I wouldn't be confident. I definitely wouldn't be confident. No, not at all. And it, it yeah. especially after like that seven, dude. After that 2017 season, I was like, dude, they're the fucking Yankees are back. They're going to be winning perennial World yeah. Series, and then yeah, they can't stay healthy. Their rotation's just so middle of the pack. It's yeah. There's a lot of issues. And dude. I hopped on the I hopped on the hype in in calling out that I thought that they would be like an un, unmovable force at the top of the American League mm-hmm. this season at the beginning of the season because I felt the same way that every baseball writer was like they just have too much talent but then the same thing happens to them every like the past that has the past three years their main stars just fucking get hurt and they can't and they struggle a little bit it's just yeah maybe they just they just need to hire like a new like athletic trainer, if that like if that's the problem, that well also Maybe too that's, that's what it is. Yeah, when you have two like titans of men with like Judge titans and Stan, yeah, where dudes are like six titans five, like six five, six seven, like two fifty, like yeah, how, like we don't see that in baseball. Like, how the hell do people take care of themselves when you're that huge in yeah. baseball standards? That is so, yeah. Who knows? That's literally just wear and tear on muscle. Like that's what the sport is—the wear and tear in the same muscles over and over and over every day. Ready? Um, all right, let's, let's. I'll take. Has there ever has there been a more overrated sports market over this decade than it always has been? The New York sports market. What have they done? That market has done over the last ten years that warrants any of that attention. Well, the Rangers won a couple years ago, and then. The and then the Giants. Yankees in 2009. Yeah, that was 11 years ago. And then the Giants in 2012. Yeah. I mean... The Mets went in 15. I mean, I mean, three, two of their franchises are literally the joke of the leagues that they're in. So the Knicks are like... I mean, the Knicks are probably the joke of all sports. They're probably the worst ran, pathetic joke of all sports. Um, the Jets are kind of like the joke of the NFL... Um, you can all say the Mets are kind of the joke of baseball. <laughs> I mean, but but the Mets the Mets aren't really the joke of baseball. The way that they're managed is the joke of baseball because they're terrible. But they're always they every like ten years they make like a World Series run. And you're like, where the fuck did the Mets come from? Like you know that type of thing. So it's just their their ownership is bad, which is the reason part of the reason why they're New York, New York. awesome city, but, overrated sports teams. But the Knicks, I mean, can we just talk about the Knicks, how pathetic they are for a second? Because they are just a joke. All right. Anyway, move on. <laughs> Sorry. I had to get my little, my little next. Speaking next of sports markets, here's a, this one is a kind of a, yeah. an, not necessarily a loser, uh, but it was a good talking point. It's the Dodgers. Uh, they stayed yeah. put. They didn't make any moves. Except for Stripling, getting rid of Stripling. Yeah, getting rid of Stripling, which is yeah. uh, he was almost shipped in this last offseason. But at the same time, uh, Walker Buehler's coming back, uh, and their lineup is so good. How how can you make it better? There's they no. Don't, they don't need any moves. Yeah, they don't need. Yeah, anything. like they, they they made the biggest move that they could in the offseason, getting Mookie Betts. Like they're good. And then like Gavin Lux, after like a weird start of the year of him being like one of the top prospects in baseball yeah. and not being on the roster finally got called up. Uh, but for the sake of like having to think of a loser, I guess they kind of were, but at the same time they didn't need to do anything. So I mean, but nice in luxury. that standard, if that standard, 
if that's the standard, then any team that doesn't make a move is a loser, which I don't think that's fair. But because they're at the because they're they're a contender, we have to assume that they're going to make a move. I don't think. I mean, it's not our. It's not the rest of the league's fault that they were just so well front office run in the off season that they made the moves that they needed to in the off season. You know, the one thing that is going to be a little bit of a concern, and uh, talked with a couple Dodger friends. Shout out to Ivan and Nick. But uh, when you get into the playoffs, obviously Bueller, Kershaw, one, two, fantastic. That three yeah. spots going to be tough. Uh, Julio Urias has been pretty shaky. Uh, Dustin mm-hmm. May, same thing. And then uh, Tony Gosselin's going to be in the rotation now. Uh, you have some kind of unstable guys in that spot. Whereas there were one of the teams that were supposedly in running to get Lance Lynn. I think you would feel super confident as a Dodger fan if that's going to be your number yeah. three guy. Uh, we could also kind of trash point. one one thing that's always been impressive about them has been the rotation. Going yeah, into, uh, and going I think that's another thing series. we could really trash. Another team we want to trash off from all too is the, the Rangers, dude. What were you doing not moving him? You could have. Yeah, sounds, I mean this this, yeah. this goes this goes hand. Can we can we uh, can we combine it? Because this goes hand in hand with the Reds. Like what the fuck were the Reds doing? Yeah, not, yeah, dealing half of their guys. Uh, but yeah, Lance Lynn, the best pitcher in the American League, and you just stay put, and he's off contract at the end of the season. I mean. I think no. He's got a twenty twenty two. He's got next year. No, I'm pretty sure it's twenty one, bro. Here, I'll look it up while we do this. But, but uh, so the 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 Texas Rangers are they have thirteen wins, twenty two losses. Bad. Their winning percentage is three seventy one. They are nine games behind the A's in the AL West. Let's look at the postseason picture. Twenty twenty two. Oh, it is twenty two. Okay. They are tied for – oh, no, they're in second in the American League for dead last. They are – yeah, yeah. It's 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 inexcusable. Inexcusable. It sounds like uh, – well, because the whole purpose of – with how they're <laughs> – I will never forget the their tweet where they're like, who wants to face these three guys? And it was a picture of before the season started. And it was like Corey Kluber, Lance Lynn, and Mike Miner. Yeah. And then they Corey Kluber got hurt. And then Mike Miner's not on the Mike team Miner anymore. Mike trash. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, I yeah. But I think I think if I was the Rangers ownership, I think the mindset would be once we're in the post-COVID world, hopefully by next season then we're going to need to start selling some tickets in this new uh, charcoal grill that we call a stadium. <laughs> and, and it's like having an ace here, at least to start the season next year, along with whatever you want to call Joey Gallo. Hey, that's, that's enough. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think it was a good move. I think they should have traded him, especially. And there was like rumors of like Gallo was on the market and Odor, and you already mentioned it. But yeah, the Reds, the the Reds aren't going anywhere, man. You have it. It did uh, you you have Trevor Bauer? He's literally on like he. This is even worse with him and in, in, than Lynn. He has an expiring contract this offseason. Get what you fucking can. Don't ask like don't ask for the world. Get what you can out of him. Like just so just so stupid. So stupid. And um, they're struggling. Uh, they're not a good team this year either. 
To be fair, they they are kind of in the running, kind of. They are three games behind the Giants for the eight seed, so maybe they can make a run. But it's like, I don't know. It's it's not promising. Yeah. Um, and and once you get there, okay, you go against the Dodgers in the first round. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I don't know. And and they made what no moves. I think they made yeah. uh they got uh Archie Bradley. They got Archie Bradley. Oh cool. Yeah. <laughs> neat. And I think they got another reliever, but it's yeah, they That's the kind of the downside of having this eight team playoff scenario. Yeah. It's good because yeah. you got a team like the Rays who are like, Hey, screw it, let's go for it. But then you're gonna have a team that a little delusional like the Reds, who are saying Hey, we've been playing bad, but guess what? We got three weeks left and we're still in it. Whereas you're going to kind of screw yourselves. You're going to shoot yourselves in the foot in the future because you had an opportunity to ship somebody and pretty much get whatever you want out of him, and you did it. And now yeah. he's pro- you're probably not going to be able to afford him in the offseason. Yeah, I, I, I just – I think we said all that we need to say about, about – the Reds and, and, and the Rangers, I don't understand it. Uh, more the Rangers and the Reds, because yeah. the Reds are somewhat in, like, fighting distance with a month left. But it's just... It's just... Uh, it's it, just like with everything else with the, with sports and the, and the world, this is a super unprecedented deadline. We don't know. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, it's just, like, stubbornness, you know? Like uh, I I I uh, I just don't understand it. I just don't understand it. All right, so let's go to some additional moves that were made. Um, this one was kind of an interesting one. So the um, Baltimore Orioles opening day starter Tommy Malone was traded to the Braves. They kind of settled in terms of starting pitching. They needed it, um, and they could have gone after guys like Clevenger and Robbie Ray and those guys, but they settled for Tommy Malone and. Former Oakland A great. Is that what you're gonna say? Who I was gonna say, dude. Who would have thought seven, eight years ago, out of that rotation of AJ Griffin, Tommy Malone, Brett Anderson, Jared Parker, uh, Jared Parker, that like the guy that's still pitching is Tommy Malone. Like Jared Brett uh, Anderson's still in the league, right? Or oh, and Trevor K. Oh no, Trevor Cahill is gone. Was he Trevor Cahill is gone. He was guy. Yeah, he was already in Arizona or whatever. But like, damn, good for you, Tommy. And, uh, and Brett Anderson is on the Brewers? Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, kudos, good job, Tommy. Um, yeah, good for you, Tommy. Um, you know, he he was always kind of interesting because he always had like good promising talent, whereas like he was consistent, but he there was nothing like stand out about him. He was never like a stud where you're like, oh damn. Okay. Yeah, even back then he was the number four guy in the rotation three or four i think guy. The, his last year but his first year i think him and jared parker led off the the uh the playoff series in 2012 i think it was parker one and then malone was two. Yeah, oh yeah because cologne was suspended yeah no i think no it was actually no, yeah Anderson you're right wasn't Anderson was hurt he was and three. Then he was he-, he was healthy right before game three so he pitched game three. that's right yeah yeah 
Um, another team that made some moves, the New York Mets, uh, traded for Robinson Torinos from Texas, as well as Todd Frazier to go back to New York, apparently, um, which was pretty cool. I mean, yeah, they could use a catcher. Um, they're in the playoff hunt. So any little thing definitely, uh, helps. Let's see right now. They would be the, uh, where are they? Why can't I find them on here? Oh, they're three games back as well, just like the Reds. But they're in the hunt, so makes sense that they would go for someone. Um, and then uh, the Marlins um, traded for Starlin Marte. Um, for they, all these teams, by the way, traded prospects. Um, Starlin Marte from Cincinnati, Arizona. Uh, the Marlins or Arizona, sorry. Uh, the Marlins uh, are the sixth seed currently, so that's going to be a huge help for them. Um, Starlin Marte is a spark plug. Um, at the top of your lineup, he's got speed. He can, he gets on base at least once a game. He's solid fucking player. I loved him back in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, couple things before we jump over to the next topic, at least when it comes to this trade, uh, the Starling Marte trade reminds me a lot of, uh, Matt holiday because, Hmm. uh, Starling Marte was in Arizona for a month, month and a half. Yeah, and then they trade yeah, yeah, after yeah. Arizona traded for him in the off season, and then he was gone. So shades of yeah. Matt Holiday with Oakland. Interesting. Uh, but two, is there? A, can you name a more disappointing team this year than arguably the Diamondbacks? The Diamondbacks came had a pretty. They showed some sparks. They yeah, showed some sparks, man. Pretty good year last year, despite being what nineteen games back from the Dodgers, but they finished yeah. like eighty. Four or like eighty six and seventy five or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They're like Tel Marte looked like a superstar. Like the rotation was coming together. They trade Escobar f- looked good last year too. Yeah, Eduardo Escobar looked awesome. They trade for Starling Marte. They signed Mad Bum, and as of right now, they have the third worst record in the National League. Yeah, what do you think that is? You think it's chemistry? You think it's like the manager that is not into his style? Like, I wonder what the fuck it is because they have a good talent on there. Yeah, it's. I think maybe and they they still have like Jake Lom. They still have like some of these other guys that they kind of came up with. I think it was just like a regression. Maybe this has had a lot of lucky wins last year. Who knows? Because and even yeah. there were like Zach Gallen's been awesome this year too. Um, yeah. A lot of these pitchers regressed who, who knows it might that's got to be part of the main thing yeah so it's kind of interesting to see them give up on the Marte experiment so quick as well as Robbie Ray who's been there for a while and Archie Bradley's been there for a while yeah and it's weird weird times there in Arizona like it yeah, is most I'm, of the time. I'm curious about what Marte's contract situation was because like here I'm looking it up right now um, because if, if if he's off contract at the end of the season, then I definitely don't blame them for making that move. Because, I mean, it's the same thing that we talked about with half the. Oh, you know, he is he is off contract, so that makes sense. I mean, he he's he's an expiring contract in twenty twenty one. Player option, yeah, the buyout. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that makes a lot more sense. Um, that that he was the only guy that moved. But yeah, I mean, definitely. But here's the thing: they play in the toughest division in baseball, in my opinion. Um. A lot of good teams there. Giants are playing a lot better than people expected, thanks to the MVP yes. candidate race of Mike Yastrzemski, uh, who's on my fantasy team. Shout out, Mike. Yes. Um, 
Dodgers being the best team in baseball, and then uh, the Rockies just Shit keep plugging away. They've been. What are you talking about? I thought they were playing well. <laughs> they do. They. Uh, well, one, they lost. The other oh, night. they've fallen off a little bit. They yeah, little they're, bit. they're definitely they're not the same Rockies that we saw at the beginning of the but season. But they're only one game behind the Giants. Stupid eight. All right, cool. I think that'll do it for uh, around the league. So yeah. let's get into the A's. Let's move. be selfish. So, let's talk about the A's. Yeah, if if you've been That's under a rock, the pe- exactly. If you've been under a rock the past week, um, the first move the A's made, they traded. Um, the uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, uh, Franklin Barreto, the our the A's top prospect for a good four years now, um, second baseman, shortstop, outfielder for Tommy Lastella, established solid second baseman, top of the lineup type of guy. Um, Julio, your thoughts on the move? Love it. There, yeah, I. Uh, what the biggest problem the A's have with their uh, their offense, which is pretty consistent, is uh, one they strike out a ton, and yeah. unless they hit home runs, they're kind of stagnant. And mm. Tommy Lastella is one of the is an awesome contact hitter to have at second base. He's hitting two seventy two this year. He was an all star last year with the Angels, and he's got some pop. He hit uh, I believe like twenty home runs last year. Yeah, he has that pop when you need to. They Solid ain't... on the defensive side too. Absolutely, there's not too much of any major gaps with the A's lineup in terms of everyday play, and the one that was there was second base, and now you have a guy who's a former All Star who's been a part of a World Series team with the Cubs back in '16, and he's now we have a with Ramon struggling a little bit and with Marcus coming back from injury. You have a guy that we can easily plug at the top of the lineup one or two hole while these guys get back to health and get back to hitting. So one thing that me and Julio kept on talking about on Monday, um, going back and forth texting. Um, so when we got Listella, which was on Saturday? Friday. 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 Night, yeah. Uh, we saw an opportunity where we thought that Chad Pender could have been a trade piece in a coming trade for a starting pitcher because – with Listella, that frees up second base, and that will put kind of Tony Kemp into that like general utility role. Because for those of you who don't know, Tony Kemp is a utility player. He doesn't only play second base; he plays outfield. He can play third. He can also play shortstop if we need him to. He's got a quick lease throw, so he's not as strong as a thrower, but he can play those positions. Um, and he's under contract until twenty twenty four. So Chad Pinder established um, major league baseball player. We thought it could be a nice trade piece. They decided not to do it. I think the Marcus Simeon injury was a part of that because they do need someone to cover shortstop for at least a couple games from what Bob Melvin said today in his press conference. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it just solidifies things at second. It gives some of the outfield guys some more rest. gives some of the infield guys some more rest. Um, it's an upgrade, and you can't be upset with an upgrade. It's a rental. His contract's up in 2021, but I mean, they're trying to go for, they're trying to go for it this season. So you got to upgrade where you can. And that was the, really the only major hole in, in the entire team. Like we talked about starting pitching a lot last week, but 
it's not necessarily a hole. We just thought that we could improve. Where like there is a hole at second base. There's been there for two years since Jed Lowry left, and we needed someone to take to try and like fill that hole. And with Lastella, we do that. Now on the other side, uh, we got Barreto, who Chris and I were going back and forth all day about this today. Because I wanted to do a rant segment, but it's best that I don't. Because um, he was the last part of arguably the worst trade in the Billy Bean era of baseball, which was he was the last Easily. part of the Josh Donaldson trade. And it seemed like they were clutch. He, ooh, I got a new analogy. Can I, can I just say this? Can I just go real quick? It. Yeah, yeah. Go for for it. the listeners, this is what the Josh Donaldson trade was. We traded the 2015 MVP. So what would have been the MVP of the league? Easily our best player for Kendall Graveman, starting pitcher, Brett Laurie, infielder, whatever, whatever Psycho. the fuck he did. Sean Nolan, don't even know who the fuck that is. Oh God, I forgot about that guy. And Franklin Barreto. So all for not. And I just want to say one thing. Last year they praised. The entire media praised the A's for this Jeff Samarja trade, but they're forgetting about this trade, which was fucking horrendous. It's funny. T- there was a uh, Susan Slusser had said that when they talked about this trade and actually parting with Barreto, uh, Billy Bean actually did mention. He's like, "Yeah, it's it's kind of it was kind of hard because he was a part of the trade that I screwed up." So Billy Bean's on board of like, "Yeah, I fucked that trade up." Good, um, he should be. But I was gonna say. I, it feels like they held on to him for so long. It reminded me a lot of when Derek Barton was still on the A's team, even though he was just not a good at first baseman. But it was yeah. it was kind of like the you know what you were a part of the Tim Hudson or the Mark Mulder trade. Yeah, we're gonna make sure we get everything out of you. Do you see Barreto having a future? He's still like super young. I want to say he's only like. 22 23 he's 24 24 years old do you still see future yeah he's gonna be a solid major league baseball player i don't think he'll be the star that we thought he was which we thought he was gonna be better than chapman and olsen we thought he was gonna be our best player i don't think he'll be that but he's gonna be a solid mlb player he will be he'll hit around 260 20 home runs they don't really steal bases in baseball anymore, so probably not that many stolen bases. But five years ago, probably 20 stolen bases, 60 RBIs. He'll be that kind of guy, but yeah. I don't think he'll be the stud anymore. I just don't. But I think it was worth it to get what we needed for this run. Yeah. And we'll figure out second base next year. If anything else, Tony Kemp goes back there. Yep. Great. And um, – it- it's gonna be. It'll be pretty interesting what's gonna happen for him with the Angels too, because Angelton Simmons' co- contract is gonna be coming up at the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, Joe Madden. Maybe they'll go back to short. Is that kind of what you're? you're yeah, implying? it's a possibility. It's pretty much this next month is just gonna be like, hey, what can you do, kind of thing. Like we're yeah. gonna, because Joe Madden said in a press conference earlier today that he's like, we're gonna play him everywhere. We're pretty much gonna. And, and what's great about him is he'll get he'll get to hit every day. Yeah. And fix and work on his hitting. He wasn't getting that for us because. Here's the thing. He was part of a plan where they, Billy Bean thought that like around now, 2020, this is when the, the talent would develop and we would be good. This is when Chapman and Olsen and Franklin Brett will all come up at the same time and be good. Chapman and Olsen were just better than like er, than earlier than we ex- than they expected. 
They were like several years early. 2000, 2017, all of a sudden, they're just fucking showing up. Um, Marcus Simeon turned it around, and he became one of the best shortstops in baseball. So it's like these are things that we can't handle, and because of that, because of these guys being so good and being so good so fast and being competitive in, in a playoff race, you can't afford to develop these guys in, in, in the major leagues and get them four at-bats a game. You have to like play your best guys. Absolutely. So it's unfortunate. It just didn't work out with them, and then we wish them the best, but... I don't. It is I'm what just it kidding. Is. <laughs> Whoa, I, like, I, like, I like to speed. But, and this is honestly kind of to go back to your point where, like, we didn't, unfortunately, we didn't have the time for him or the A's didn't have the time for him to get four at-bats a game because of how competitive they've been these last two years. Yeah. And with him going to the Angels, where the Angels are in dead last, they traded um, Brian Goodwin to the Reds, opened up an outfield yeah. spot. Justin Upton's just taken up the bench. There's going to be yeah. a ton of potential for him to play in this next month. So, you know, again, hopefully he can get some of that potential that he ha- we thought he had. Um, but again, yeah, best of luck. We're You're playing with Mike Trout. Hopefully you can teach your thing or two. Yeah. So the other move the A's made, a little bit more of a minor move. Yeah. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> um, they traded uh, two prospects, Marcus Smith, an outfielder, um, and Dustin Harris, an infielder, for uh, Mike Miner, starting pitcher. Um, had a great season last year, pretty awful this season. Um, as all of you A's fans know, we already have a pretty full, pretty good starting rotation. Um, from what Bob Melvin said in his press conference today, it's looking like he's going to be mainly used as we have a lot of doubleheaders coming up, which we'll talk about after the break. Um, he's going to be used as kind of like the sixth guy in the rotation for all these doubleheader games to give make sure that the starting pitchers get their rest um also he has experience in the bullpen so we'll probably see him as a long reliever in the bullpen down the stretch um you know julio i know you're pretty disappointed of the move at the time um because we both wanted a clevenger or bauer and we didn't but you know after la if they would have made no moves i would have been satisfied um this was just kind of like, and we pretty much, we didn't really give up much. I mean, Marcus Smith was the number 22 ranked prospect in our system, according to MLB.com. So, you know, it's just a nice little additional piece. I don't really have too much to say about it. We'll see how he does in these, these doubleheader games we got coming up. But if you have more to say, you can go ahead. But I don't really have much more to say about it. Uh, it is what it is. Yeah. Again, uh, I don't know if you mentioned it earlier, but a lefty. Hell yeah. yeah! Anytime we, anytime we can take a another lefty, well, the more the merrier. Uh, but yeah, he he has not had a good year at all this year. Um, but I think a couple things that we got to be aware of, specifically with the A's, they love bringing in these like project play pitchers who yeah. have kind of not had the best years elsewhere. All of a sudden, they come to Oakland in the last couple months of the year. Pitch really well. Get yourselves a nice contract. Even look the last couple of years. Mike Feiners, Tanner Roark, Homer Bailey, all guys who, one, were not on good teams and their records reflected that. And you can tell right now with Mike Miner being 0-5. And two, uh, you're, they weren't in the best ballparks of pitching. So being in the Coliseum, huge. That's going to be a huge dividend. But, dude, we talked about this last episode. Like, we don't need that. Like, our rotation is better than it's ever been. So it's like... 
the the veteran who struggled this season but has a pass of, play, of playing good doesn't help us right now because yeah. he doesn't even make the rotation, which he doesn't. He doesn't make the rotation. Like, especially with Manaya playing well, like, pitching well again, like, our rotation is more or less up to the standards of what we expected it to be going into the season. So it's like either we needed the blow away guy or don't even bother. But yeah. okay. because we didn't really give up much for him, I guess at the end of the day it's worth it. Now, a couple things. You, you, you brought up a good point that, yeah, the rotation – is more or less going to be set when we get into the re- to the playoff run. Uh, the three pitcher is going to be an interesting point where you could be competitive with that. But if you look at who his counterpart would be as like the number six pitcher in the rotation, it's Daniel Mangden, and that's e- that's easily a massive upgrade over Daniel Mangden. Yeah, you have a guy who's a, who's been a veteran pitcher and another. Huge thing too because he, uh, Bowmel had mentioned that like there's a possibility that like he's going to be coming out of the bullpen. We're going to be starting him, using him for a little bit of everything because he has that experience. He would, yeah. He initially came up with the Braves. He uh, had a, I believe he had Tommy John. I'm not sure what injury he had, but he was out of the league for a few years, and then he signed with the Royals as a reliever in 2017. And he was awesome. He pitched 65 games mm-hmm. at a 2-5 ERA. And that he was so well, it led to him getting an actual starting job with the Rangers. Uh, Chris, you already mentioned last year he was an all-star with the Rangers. But on top of that, he had a 7.8 war. And he was a top 10. Ooh. Top 10 of the Cy Young ballot. Um, so there's the guy still has it. It's just, one, it doesn't help when you have such a bad team like the Rangers have been here. Yeah. There and I think just maybe learning to pitch in that new stadium. Who knows? But the more I thought about it, the more I've actually really liked this move. And and uh, one encouraging thing about it that um, Celeste reported because she talked to I guess Mike Meyer um, on the phone after he got traded. Bob Melvin, when he talked to him and said like you could be in like a relief pitcher role. He was very enthusiastic. He said like, I'm in, I'm in for what I need. I'm excited. I'm just happy to be on a winning team. Um, so let's go. And, uh, going back, La Stella, should we say the quote that he said, um, when he, uh, uh that he told Slusser as well, when she interviewed him, um, he said, Slusser asked him, what's it, how's it feel to be traded to the A's? And he says, he said, it's amazing. Uh, and she said, why do you, why is that? He's like, because I don't have to play the A's now. <laughs> And I can be on a winning team and go to the playoffs. I thought that was just such a funny quote. So both guys are very ecstatic to be here. Um, so, you know, I'm excited to see him play. And especially uh, we're going to get into this more after the break. Marcus Simeon being injured. La Stella is a very important part of the batting order. Um, so on that note, we don't have a featured segment this week because I th- we decided that our feature segment is the trade deadline talk, yeah. which was a lot of it. Um, also, we didn't have any really games played this week. So, um we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about the two games that were played this past week as well as preview the coming week week, and um, talk about the uh, doubleheaders we got coming back. So stick around and uh, we'll be right back. Okay, everybody. Welcome back. Um, again, it's going to be a shorter second half of the break because uh, we don't have a featured segment. We're just going to go through... Um, this past week's schedule, 
and preview the coming schedule with doubleheaders. Um, so, this past week, we had two games, a doubleheader, um, against the Houston Astros on Saturday the 29th. Um, we lost both those games, game one, two to four. Um, both these were in Houston, by the way. And second game was three to six. Um, it was a very poor offensive showing, um, which was extremely frustrating to watch, um, which has been kind of the case for a lot of our losses this year. Um, I I don't know. I mean, Bassett lost game the first game. He gave up four runs, but I mean, I feel like he's still was very consistent in the way that he was pitching. He only gave up six hits. Um, just kind of like a bad day for him. Um, his ERA didn't raise too much. Um, the second one was a Mike Fires start, and that was brutal. Dumpster fires. Um, yeah. Um, tough one. Tough one to swallow, especially when it's the only only two games of the week. Um, oh no! Wait, I had the wrong start. Sorry, that was Montas. That was a Montas start. I'll still say it. Dumpster fires. <laughs> uh, five runs on six hits. He's yeah. Oh, man. Gave up a home run, five strikeouts, two walks, all five earned. Not sure what's going on with him. Sorry, I totally mixed the days up. I forgot that that was his loss. Um, Loriona had a home run, though. That's and cool. Lestella, <laughs> his first game that was the second game, he had an RBI. So, sacrifice RBI, so there you go. No, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, exactly. Um, I don't know, Julio. I don't really know what to make of it. Yeah, it was such um, a yeah, it was such a small sample size. Um, and in case in case you didn't know, the reason why we did have a double header on Saturday was because the uh, Friday game against the Astros was uh, play was on strike as a part of the uh, baseball like MLB's alliance with the Black Lives Matter movement when it came to the police shooting last week of Jacob Blake and the Astros wanted to be a part of it because they had the day off on Thursday so they did that and then that was also Jackie Robinson day and uh R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman. Against Chala. Forever. Um, but, and then, we wake up bright Sunday morning, and guess what? Yeah. We have a positive COVID case. Yeah. Uh, but that all that news was weird. So, they tested positive on Sunday morning. Monday morning, no one tested positive. So, everybody's like, maybe it was a false positive. And then Tuesday morning, someone tested positive. So... I don't know. Yeah. What a weird world <laughs> we live in. Yeah. We're honestly freaking count our blessings the fact that it didn't blow up. It could this could have been so much yeah. worse. It could have been a Marlins Cardinals situation. Um and thank God it's not. That We don't know who it is. We don't know if it was a staff member or a player. Yeah. Um, um the odds yeah. are we're probably never gonna find out because it yeah. has to deal with public health. But if you all of a sudden see a player go on the DL this the next couple of days, then we'll probably assume through that. Um, yeah. But yeah, honestly, uh, uh, what's kind of your insight on this? I know I rather this would happened earlier, but because of how cautious the protocols are now and how teams are being more aware of it, it also is kind of smart that they did it now because it's like, all right, cool. Everybody instantly isolate. Don't see anybody. And then we'll see how this goes. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather they just don't do it. Well, that, <laughs> you know well, what I mean? Yeah, I'd rather that they too. just don't get, 
Um, I don't know. Bob Melvin said in his press conference today that everybody was being responsible. And it's just like, all right, cool. Take that with a grain of salt. Because, like, how do you fucking know? You don't know what they're doing back at home. Um, I don't know. I mean, my, I'm more uh, I'm more disappointed in the losses than I am the postponement. Yeah. Um, because that just means that we got more base, more A's baseball coming up in the coming weeks, which is cool. Yeah. Um, a lot of doubleheaders, like we were alluding to the entire episode, a lot of doubleheaders. But I, I just, the losses are what bum me out. And mainly because, so for the listeners, we're not picking an essential tailgate tool of the week or player of the week this week because we only had two games for the player of the week. An essential tailgate tool, again, we only had two games, so we're just going to carry it over to next week. My essential tailgate tool of the week was Frankie Montas, and he just oh. shit fucking start. So it's like, I don't know. It just fucking sucks. Um. It's just yeah. so Listella came in game two, so we don't don't necessarily know exactly what we got out of him yet. But the offense is just like it's just so fucking hot and cold, and it drives me crazy. Like, is it going to be cold when we get into the playoffs? Or is it going to be hot? Um, I don't know what it is if these guys just like rally around each other, but like they only got six hits in each game, exactly six hits in both games. Now you kn- like you talking about Listella right now? I just kind of have a light bulb effect. I think something that's really smart, which is any other year, this wouldn't have happened. The fact that both trades came from in division is really smart, considering that's all you're playing is your divisional foes. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. But um, Yeah, it's... But it's the Rangers and the Angels, so it's like... No, but like they're still... They've still played the Astros all these years. Yeah, I mean, wins for us too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they've, they've... and oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah so like, yeah, opponents. it's smart. It's it's on the long term. It's it's smart, but yeah, just Saturday yeah. was not fun. <laughs> long story. No, Saturday was, fucking sucked. That was not a a fun couple. And, it's a, games. and like, especially like I'm so you like I'm looking at the box score. Um, when I like you know leave my house a little bit to go out to do something, uh, as a, like a picnic. And I'm like, Socially okay, distanced. cool. Like, we're all, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, we're we're out. Like, you know, we're only down by like a few runs. Like, maybe we can come, or two runs in the first game. Maybe we can come back, go to the seventh inning. I was like, oh, the game's over. Fuck, that's right. The game's over. Like, you know, like shit like that. I don't know. That was another point I wanted to make too, oh, no. which uh, I believe they were talking about this on the Ace Plus podcast. I can't remember if it was Dave Feldman or Susan Slusser brought it up. Is uh. That's kind of a scary situation that we're going to be having so many double headers over the next few weeks, yeah. knowing that the A's don't hit well off of starters. When their offense really clicks, it's against their other team's relievers. Yeah. So there's possibilities where it's like, if if we have a starter that goes out for, uh, let's say, Seattle, and they go six strong, and you got, the, and they don't get a bullpen until the seventh. And if they've closed it out, then that's game. So that's going to so be a little do, scary. Do you want to talk about that now? Do you want to talk preview of the week? And because we have a doubleheader coming this week. Yeah, we have a um, doubleheader. But uh, before we kind of jump into the the preview of the week and all that stuff, again, we had two games, so we don't really yeah. have a a players of the last week and uh we couldn't really watch a's baseball so we didn't really know what yeah. to do if you followed us on twitter we saw we were making kind of jokes like what <laughs> i wonder what matt chapman's doing today um 
so instead of picking up a player of the week, Chris, what uh, what what'd you spend your time this past? What were you watching? So I watched a lot of basketball, which was awesome. Great game because tonight. they were so intense. We had two game sevens in the first round um, last night. Tuesday, the first was Denver Nuggets versus Utah Jazz. Pretty in Jamal Murray versus Donovan Mitchell, which was basically a uh, preview of two of the future star guards in in the West battling it out. Um, and then today was OKC versus Houston, which was the weirdest fucking game ever, the way it ended. Um, that's what I've been watching, man, just watching basketball, which has been this kind of story of the past like couple months yeah. along with A's baseball. Um, and then also, I've been watching this documentary on Netflix um, about Frank Sinatra and his life. And it is fascinating, and I've been enjoying it so much. And I have never really watched music documentaries that much lately. Um, Interesting. What's it called? I highly Do you recommend know the name? it. I think it's just called Sinatra. It's, it's a PBS documentary, and it's on. Um, it's on Netflix. They they've been promoting it a lot. I, I would uh, I would highly recommend it's it. All Sinatra, all or nothing. Oh, okay. That's it. And and it's it it's like one of those things where like you you think from popular culture and movies and whatnot you know a lot about Frank Sinatra but you don't know a lot about Frank Sinatra so you should watch it and know a lot of it because he was like I don't even know if I could make an equivalent of him he was the star music and movies wise of the forties and fifties like he was he was it like he was Elvis before Elvis basically I guess if you can say um. If if there is a Drake, he was Drake. Oh, I was. Oh, damn! No, I wasn't gonna go. I was gonna say Donald Glover. Donald Glover's albums are good, but they're like his albums were like number. They were constantly number one. Hey, Red, on top of him being a fucking just insane movie star. But he made Redbone. Classic. <laughs> okay. Uh, I watched maybe Donald Glover. Yeah. yeah, but his movies weren't that good. Like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Uh, like he, he he won he won one Oscar like from uh what's I think Eternity and Back or something like that but like his movies weren't good they were just like you know like it was probably him just flicks. calling women broads or something yeah yeah like <laughs> that's my lady yeah. a trap like it's just it's yeah I don't know how to yeah yeah so what about you what what did you watch uh Hard Knocks. Super oh, interesting God, season this year. Up, dude, I fucked. I'll watch that tomorrow. Yeah, it's been. I've seen through the SoFi Stadium looks awesome. They did the first. Yeah. Practice. yeah, watching that, dude. I've driven by it quite a bit. The par three course that I play over here on the west side, I have to drive by it every time, and it's fucking sick. It looks sick. That's yeah. That's Sorry. I got it. Definitely got to check it out once it does open. Um, watched a couple animated shows. I'm really into Harley Quinn on HBO Max fucking oh it's hilarious dude like i think you would be really into it and i also watched a uh a anime classic uh, samurai shampoo it's been pretty awesome Uh, it's fantastic music great story but uh the biggest turd of the week was on top of watching the a's lose a double header on saturday um (laughs) i watched the new mutants at the rose bowl drive-in and yeah it was it was total trash it was it was overwhelming it was exciting for the sake that i got to see a new movie on a big screen they've been making that movie for like four years the first trailer came out three years ago yeah yeah so um it was doomed to fail but hey i can't be too mad 
I got to see him move on the big screen. And that was our life without Oakland A's baseball. It was yeah. really sad. It was pathetic. <laughs> and we're excited. Please, no more positive tests. Um, exactly. All right. So the coming week, um, so tomorrow, Thursday, or sorry. Friday. Wow. Two days from now, Friday the 4th, we have a series against the Padres, 6.40 p. Uh, Pacific time uh, on Friday. Um, and then Saturday's a day game, 1.10. Uh, Sunday, another day game, 1.10. Then we play the Astros at home on Monday, uh, 6.10 start time on that day. And then we have a doubleheader, one of our famous doubleheaders we've been talking about on Tuesday. First game starts at 3.10. Uh, the next game will start, um, I think it's, an hour and a half, typically after. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's fluctuating, but I'd imagine it's probably gonna be like seven. Yeah. So that day, if you're uh, working on it from home and you're bored, um, you can watch Ace Baseball all day. Um, and then they finish off the series um on Wednesday, six ten start time, and then a day game, classic day Thursday game, um at twelve forty. Um, we have another doubleheader the following week, but we'll go over that next week. Uh, we have two doubleheaders the following week, actually. Wow. Against the Rangers and the Mariners. Sorry, go ahead. A couple things to point out. Uh, for this Padres series, I believe we're going to be missing out on Clevenger. He's making his Padres debut. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, he's making his Padres debut tomorrow. So, and I will probably be getting like Paddock on Saturday. And then uh, Dennis and Lamette, who's been... Pretty awesome this year. We'll probably be seeing them Sunday. But tomorrow, or Friday, yes, technically tomorrow, we're going to have one of the pitching matchups, or player batter pitching matchups I've been looking forward to for months, and that's going to be Jesus Lazardo against Fernando Tatis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially, uh, again, if you follow us on Twitter, if you don't already, please make sure you follow the Town Tag on Twitter. Um, Fernando Tatis actually had a... uh, a Jesus Lazardo T-shirt, so he knows the truth. He knows. No, he no way. That's yeah. so great. Yeah, so it's like this is going to be a lot of fun to watch that match. Yeah, I mean it. you're you're going against two guys that could t- potentially be rookies of the year for their prospective leagues. So I know for t- Tatis was no, he's a rookie, bro. Yeah, he was a rookie last year. I don't think he won it. Who you was? sure? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, uh, just for the listeners, heads up: the Saturday game this Saturday. Um, September 5th. Um, that game will be on FS1. It's going to be a nationally televised game, so you will not be able to watch it on NBC Sports Bay, uh, California. Just so you know, in case you're looking around on your TV and you can't find it, it's going to be on Fox Sports. So national TV game, uh, which is great. Two of like the most um, popular teams in the league this season. Um, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. And um, another couple of interesting tidbits, too is for this Astro series coming up the for the first game of the doubleheader the A's will technically be the road team so oh yeah that's right yeah it's going to be really weird where they're going to be playing in Oakland with the A's as the road team let's see how a lot of teams yeah i wonder how the like the in stadium experience is going to be like that yeah a lot of teams in the past have actually played into it so we'll see how they do it uh and this is also kind of the the benefit instead of having a three game series in Houston, even though there's no fans, uh, the A's play tremendously better at home. So this is at the end of the day, it's kind of a win. It's kind of a benefit. Yeah. yeah. Cool. 
Um, and then, so essential tailgate tools of the week. Again, we're rolling them over. Mine was Frankie Montas. Hopefully, he bounces back. I think he'll have just one start this coming week. So we'll see. And then Julio, what was yours again? Uh, I had the fringe bullpen guys as a whole. So that's right. Uh, that's right. It was J- Jordan Weems, Lou Trevino, and uh, Daniel Mangden. So. Again, just want to reiterate my point that one of these guys will probably be the odd man out. Uh, now that we got Mike Miner, who will probably be getting some time in the bullpen, and then we might see Mike Miner this week. Actually, yeah, they're saying for sure he's going to be pitching. He's going to be pitching one of those days, especially with two no, yeah. two double headers coming up in the next couple of weeks. And um, AJ Puck's going to be coming back pretty soon. I know he had just been doing some live pitching. Uh, this past weekend. Uh, so yeah, yeah, just keep an eye out for that. Cool. I think that's going to do it for this week. Um, we announcement, we have a very exciting guest coming on next weekend, next week. So make sure you tune in for that. We are very excited about it. At least um, we think the listeners will appreciate it as well. So make sure you tune in next week. Um, yes. Julio. Now we kind of, before we forget about talking about this too, uh, we did mention, we kind of alluded to it. And we kind of us a little tracked about this, this, we got a bunch of doubleheaders coming up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there, so if you look at the September calendar, we have over the next two weeks. So today is uh, September second, which time flies. But over the next two weeks, we have three doubleheaders. We have one against Houston. We have one against the Rangers, and then we have one against Seattle. We'll talk a little yeah. bit more about the Seattle ones as we get a little bit closer. Next week, we got two, remember, yeah. Yeah, but then, excuse me, the last week of the month, weekend of the month, we'll be playing Seattle again, and there'll be one more doubleheader. There's a possibility that, depending on where we are in the standings, that that game might not even happen. But there's an interesting stat that it's been kind of going around Twitter when it comes to all these double headers, uh, they're scheduled to play three different double headers in three different cities over seven days from September 8th to September 14th are scheduled to play 10 games over that time span, which is the most games that A's will be playing over a seven day stretch since 1966. Oh my God. Uh, so that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. Yeah. Uh, I think, Expect to see a lot of guys taking some, like a couple games off, or, or you know, throughout that stretch. I would Especially say. with Marcus recovery. That's when Pinder and and Kemp are going to be really important. We got uh, uh, Vachine out there. He's a picking Vachine or oh, machine. God. Uh, but uh, do you think that was kind of? <laughs> I, I again, the trade for Mike Miner was a pretty minor move, but do you think as soon as they saw that? because I think they made the trade Monday morning. As soon as they saw they got that positive test on Sunday, do you think the front office is like, all right, we got to do something because like we're going to gas our guys out over this next month because we don't have Maybe. much time left in the season. We have, uh, starting from today, we have... 15 games, what, something like that? We, yeah, we have less than four weeks of the schedule left, so there's not much yeah. time left anymore. May I don't know. I mean, maybe... It- they made that move about 30 minutes before the deadline was over, so maybe. But 
I don't know. I mean, I felt like they were going for a starting pitcher the entire time, but they just and and also they were going for a reliever. There was rumors that they were they were like this close. I'm for the listeners. I'm I'm do, I'm pinching my fingers very close. Um, they were very close to to landing Rosen uh, uh, Trevor Rosenthal. So I would have loved it, but yeah. I don't. I don't necessarily know what was going through Billy Bean's mind. I think they were always looking for just some form of a pitcher. Yeah. Um. And then they, they settled on Mike Miner because that was just kind of where the market was. Um. And I guess they weren't willing to, willing to give up a lot, which we t- talked about this the last episode. Um. I was worried about that too. I wasn't willing to give up these two good outfield prospects that we had. Um. Uh, that are going to probably be the future of our outfield with with Ramon Laureano. I wasn't willing to give up these two shortstop prospects, infield prospects that we had, and Logan Davis and and uh, and uh, Toy Blanken on the other one. I was going to say um, Austin Allen, but no, Austin Beck. N- Austin Beck's the outfielder. Austin oh, Beck sorry, and, sorry. and Sky Bolt. Um, it's Logan Davis and and uh, um, Nick Allen. There you go. Um, so I'm happy that we still have those guys. I'm 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 more happy that we have those guys than we than than getting actually I don't know Clevenger would have been nice but yeah. if it would have been something like Robbie Ray and given up a lot I would would have been pretty upset. <laughs> it's so I yeah. I could see this next week where we're going to see I uh, want just to like preserve arms and to kind of save some especially like the bullpen if we really see guys like Montas struggling a little bit uh of seeing a lot of shuffling between uh, San Jose and Oakland. Don't be shocked if you start seeing like Caprillion coming up again, Puck coming up and staying, uh, Paul Blackburn coming, like all these guys just coming back and forth because like we got to save some of these arms, especially again, there's only a few weeks left of the season. It's going to be really, and oh yeah, I forgot to mention, uh, over the next three, four weeks, they have two days off. And one Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, and they were supposed to have three days off, uh, but because of the COVID test, the two of the Mariners games are going to be a doubleheader on the 14th. Yeah. So this is nuts. On the 12th, they have a doubleheader in Texas, and then on 13th, they have a game in Texas. And then on the 14th, they fly, or and then after the uh, day game in Texas on the 13th, they fly to Seattle. They do a doubleheader. And then from Seattle, they fly to Colorado for two games. And then Thursday off. So, yeah, best of luck, guys. I mean, well, yeah, we'll see how it goes down the stretch. We'll definitely get more into that in future episodes, probably when it starts to come, especially next week when we have two doubleheaders next week. Um, But it's going to be an interesting road, and and it's going to be – very interesting to watch, and I agree. There's going to be a lot of a lot of call ups and bring downs um, in order to rest, guys. Get your popcorn ready. All right, I think that's when we'll we'll officially call it. Though again, we have a fun guest next week. Make sure you tune in. Um, all right, Leo, it's time to pack up the gear and head into the game. Uh, what do you got this week? What are you What are you sneaking in? Are you sneaking in some wine? Sneaking in some beer? I saw you drinking Modelo's. I had a nice classic Modelo, so special, but today I'm going at the Lagunitas Hop Stupid. Shout out to Lagunitas North Bay. Make sure Shout it's a bottle, Mondo. not a can, so that you um, can uh, get it through the metal be- detector. And because we got positive COVID tests in the organization, <laughs> I'm bringing my mask and extra hand sanitizer. Always bring that. Always bring that. Um, all right. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe. Please follow us. Um, we love A's baseball. We'll talk it more. And last but not least, Julio, 
Let's go Oakland. Please, no more positive tests. Woo! Please not. The Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal, and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by, once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland. Thank you.